Amen. Now you stand to your feet. If you have your Bibles, the book of Luke, chapter number 10, verse number 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. If you look in verse 39, you'll see this young lady by the name of Mary. The Bible says she sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I think this morning we need to spend some time at Jesus' feet. I want to preach on this thought today, listening at Jesus' feet. Father, would you touch us? Lord, would you help us? Many folks to pray for this morning, many needs in our congregation. But Father, the most important thing we'll do today is to listen at the feet of Jesus that we might worship him and call upon his precious name. Father, would you give us wise instruction today? Cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self. Fill me with your spirit today, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Now there are scenes in scripture of someone being at the feet of Jesus and I find each one of them enlightening and encouraging. When I think first of all this morning about our text, I see her passion, the passion that Mary has. Now the Bible says, now it came to pass as they went that Jesus has entered into a certain village. That village is known as Bethany. The name Bethany means house of misery. It's a place of, of problems, a place of troubles, a place of difficulties. Maybe today you're going through difficulties, problems, and troubles in your life. Jesus stops by that house and the Bible says in verse 38 that a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She opened her home to Jesus. She welcomed Jesus into her home. And he made his abode there to stay with her. Hey, when I was lost, living in the misery of sin, praise be, Jesus came to where I was when I was lost. And I received him into my house. And he took up and made his abode with me. Thanks be unto God, no longer do I live in the misery of sin I've been saved, hallelujah to God, amen. So I see that Martha has received Jesus into her home, and that's good. But in contrast, I want you to see her sister. Martha received him into the home, but Mary is receiving Jesus into her heart. The Bible says in verse 39 that she's got a sister named Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Her desire is to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. 
all her attention, all her focus, her everything was placed upon Jesus Christ. Do you take time to get at Jesus' feet? Now imagine them sitting at that table. The Bible does not say that Mary pulled him aside or that she sat beside him at the table. The Bible says she sat at his feet. She did not, she did not make him adjust his posture to get to her. She adjusted her posture to get to him. The Bible tells us that we need to take time to get at Jesus' feet to hear his word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The Bible says, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. God thought it twice as important that you hear than you speak. He gave you two ears and one tongue. And your tongue is set on fire and hell. And your tongue is set in a wet place to keep it moist and keep the fire out. And your tongue is set behind a fence of ivory teeth. And your tongue is set by a double fence that is lips of clay. So there the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us that we should spend time to get at Jesus' feet. Our greatest concern, our greatest desire of our heart should be to get at Jesus' feet. That desire should exceed all other desires. She's crying out, Lord, I want you. Do you take time to spend time at Jesus' feet? Number two, I want us to see her priority. There's another contrast that he would see here. One sister is distracted while another sister is delighted. Let's think about Martha. She's received him into her home. The Bible says in verse 40 that Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Now, bid her therefore that she help me. Now, the truth of the matter is here, she's cumbered about with much serving. Think about it. Jesus has come to her house. If you knew Jesus was coming to your house, don't you think you'd take the time to make sure that the house was clean? Don't you make sure you'd make sure there's no dirty dishes, everything was taken care of? Jesus and 12 disciples and Mary and Martha. That's 15 people in her house has come over. She doesn't have a microwave oven. She doesn't have a Betty Crocker oven. Honey, all she knows is working hard around that stove. May I say that she's got a heart to serve. Thank God we need people to serve. But she's made a choice to put serving God before worshiping God. That's a problem. If you get those things out of order, you're going to be in trouble. The word cumbered about means weighed down, weary, worn out, distracted, being pulled away. There is a danger of being cumbered about. Yes, there's green beans. Yes, there's mashed taters. Yes, there's some type of meat to eat. Yes, there's good cat head biscuits in the oven. Thank God for it. Can you tell I've not had lunch yet? Those things need to be done, but not till you first spent time at Jesus' feet. You see, things will distract you. 
things will weigh you down. You've got to do this and you've got to get there and you've got to take care of this. Honey, all those things are great, but the best thing you'll ever do is spend time at Jesus' feet. Amen? She's left her duty. She's, she's left the responsibility of getting at Jesus' feet. Now, there was a little boy one time. He uh, went down to the grocery store. He said to the grocery, he said, Mr. Sir, I need to get some soap powder to wash my dog in. Do you have any of that does detergent? He said, son, you don't want to wash your dog in that. It's liable to hurt your dog. He said, oh, he'll be fine. So he got that detergent. He went home and washed his dog, came back the next week, and the grocer said, son, how's your dog? He said, he died. He said, I told you not to use them soap powders on him. That detergent was too strong. He said it wasn't the soap powders that got him. It was the spin cycle. Some of us are in the spin cycle. You're too busy. You're cumbered about much serving. Yes, this has got to be done. You, some of you ladies right now, you're in a complete tizzy. This has got to be done. And this has got to be done. And, 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 and I, all that's got to be taken care of. And if you don't like it, then do it yourself. I quit. Right? Martha is cumbered about much serving. Things have got to be taken care of. Look what she develops. She, de she develops a critical spirit. The Bible tells us that she was much serving. And she said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? I mean, look, I'm in here sweating and tolling. I'm the only one cares. You ever get there? I'm the only one doing anything. I'm the only one doing the cooking. I'm the only one doing the washing. I'm the only one working in the one-way program. I'm the only one cares. I'm the only one vacuuming. I'm the only one dusting. I'm the only one serving. I'm just, let me tell you something. That's a critical spirit. My sister hath left me to serve alone. Well, bless God, preacher, it's a truth. Mary didn't see all the things that needed to be done because she's sitting at Jesus' feet and the only thing she sees is Jesus. She doesn't see all the things that need to be done. You know what? You'd do a whole lot better to spend time at Jesus' feet. You wouldn't be cumbered down. Some of you coming this morning, oh, it's time to make a donut. I got to go teach that Sunday school class. Oh, I wish I had another hour to sleep. Bless God, the best thing you'll ever do is go to bed earlier. Amen? And decide that I'm going to spend an extra hour with Jesus and I'm not going to be cumbered about. Can you believe that? Can you believe our preacher said on the first Sunday in March we're having a Sunday school challenge? We'll have to go to a Sunday. I needed an extra hour sleep. The best thing you'll ever do is get in class and spend an extra hour at Jesus' feet. Yeah. And if you become critical of that, I've got you because you're cumbered about. You've got all this stuff to do. And all that stuff, while it's important to you and it needs to be done, you'll not do it properly till you first get at Jesus' feet. She's murmuring. She's got too familiar 
with some things. You, you know, when you get too familiar, you'll, you'll start criticizing the preacher. You'll start criticizing the church. You'll start criticizing the wife. You'll start criticizing the husband. You'll start criticizing the friends. You know, your problem is you're cumbered about. You've got too much on you, and you're not spending time at Jesus' feet to take the load off and the burden off of you. Amen? Not only is she cumbered about and does she have a critical spirit, but look with me. She starts commanding the Lord. She starts telling people what to do. Not only is she, I'm sure she's the older sister. I don't know how many of y'all are the firstborn I am. One thing about being the firstborn, you like to boss people around. Some of you younger ones should have shouted hallelujah right there. You should have said amen, that's the truth. The firstborn thinks they can boss everybody around, wants to. Martha starts bossing everybody around. My sister is lazy, good for nothing, sitting over there, not doing a thing, but listen to what Jesus has to say. In fact, that's not even a woman's place. In that culture, a woman was not to be in there with the men folk while the Word of God is being talked about in that culture. Do you see that dynamic? She's in the wrong place, Lord, and look what she does. Not only is she telling her sister what she should do, she tells Jesus what he's supposed to do. She says, Lord, bid her therefore that she help me. She told God, she told Jesus what to do. Now, some of y'all would never do that. You would never say, Lord, you need to do this and do it now. You would never, you would, no, you always go to the altar and say, oh, Lord Jesus, please have mercy. And would you send grace and help my family? We're struggling. God, would you have mercy on us? Do you ask him? Do you beg him? Do you plead with him? When I got saved, I asked him to forgive me. I asked him to say, you don't tell Jesus how things need to be. You need to recognize his authority. But you see, when you're cumbered about and when you get a critical spirit, You'll start commanding people and telling them what it is they're supposed to be doing. Are y'all okay? Y'all are looking at me back here really funny right now like you don't like this at all. But I did read out of Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42 and I'm telling you this young lady has found the best thing she'll ever do. The priority of her life is to get at Jesus Christ's feet. Many things are important but the thing you need to do is spend time with Jesus. All she wanted to do was sit at Jesus' feet. Number three, and I'll be done. We see her practice. What is her practice? Jesus is the great physician, right? The Lord sees this woman who's cumbered about. He sees this woman who's complaining, a critical spirit. Did you know that God killed more people in the Old Testament over complaining and murmuring and frustrations than any other thing? Shut them down, amen? And now she's critical and she's commanding and demanding. And the Lord says, girl, your blood pressure's up. You need to get a prescription to lower your blood pressure. What's, her, what's the prescription? Verse 41, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Look right there, he had to call her name twice just to get her attention. It's like me saying, Luke, Luke, look at me. Because he didn't get it the first time. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had the Lord have to speak to you a second time about something 
Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. What he's saying is you're anxious, you're agitated, you're not at peace, you're, you're too busy right now, and I'm going to try to bring some correction in your life. But one thing is needful. That means one thing is required. That means one thing is prescribed. That means one thing is demanded. Now, what is it? Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, I want you to hear this and hear this very clearly. Martha's passion and Martha's priority was to do something for Jesus. Do you want to do something for Jesus? Well, that's good. That, that's great. But he's saying, that's wonderful, but there's something that you're not doing. You want to do something for me? You want to make sure that the, the dishes are clean and the forks are with the forks and the spoons are with the spoons and the cups are with the cups? You want to make sure the green beans are not burnt? You want to make sure that the, that the oven's at the right temperature and the bread doesn't get burnt? Those things are great. Thank you, Martha, for wanting to do something for me. But the one thing that's needful is to spend time with me. You're not going to get out there and be effective telling everybody about Jesus if you're cumbered about, if you're critical, and if you're commanding or demanding of others around you. You're doing more harm than, more harm than good. Do you see that? He says, what you need to do is spend more time with me. Hey, Bethel, will you hear me? Come here, I want to tell you something. You need to spend more time with Jesus at his feet. I've determined in my life, I've got a lot of things. We've got missionaries to take care of, Sunday school, three services a week, teaching four and five days a week, I, trying to coach ball teams. Man, there's so many things in my life that's so busy and so hectic. And the Lord come by and said, you know why you're bent out of shape? You know why your blood pressure's up? You know why you're stressed to the max? I'll tell you why. It's because it's Luke's fault. That's why it is. It's Luke's fault. That's what it is. No. It's because we're not spending enough time at Jesus' feet. If we would spend more time at his feet, it has a calming effect. It is good internally, and it is good eternally to spend more time at Jesus' feet. Now, I've got a little illustration, and it's a poor one. There was a little boy who begged his daddy to go to church with him. And the daddy said, I work six days a week. I don't have time to go to church on Sunday. It's my day of rest. And the mother came and said, honey, would you please, he begs us, begs me to get you to come to church with him. Would you please come to church and spend time with us in the house of God? He said, I told y'all, I am way too busy. I buy your clothes, I buy your food, so you can stay home and take care of that boy. I'm telling you right now, if you ever bring it up again that he should, I should go to Sunday school with y'all, or if I should go to church with y'all, you'll never go back. I will forbid it. The mother said, we'll never mention it to you again. We'll just drop it. We're praying. Just drop it. That very Sunday afternoon, they came home from the church service. 
And the little boy went outside and said, Daddy, let's play ball. And the daddy sat down with his newspaper and he said, I'm way too busy. The little boy threw his ball and said, Daddy, you want to throw ball with me? The little boy had to go chase the ball down. He said, Daddy, please come play ball with me. Let's spend time together, Daddy, please. Threw the ball the other way. His daddy just sat there reading his paper, turning the pages, reading the, reading the stock market, reading the business section, reading the classifieds, read, reading all the stuff in the paper that didn't matter. And the little boy threw the ball one more time and it hit a tree and bounced in the yard over the fence and out across the road. And when the little boy went out to get it, across a truck, hit him, drove him into the ditch, and there his little body laid broken bloodied, still alive, screaming in pain. His daddy threw his newspaper down in. His daddy wasn't too busy no more. His daddy ran across the yard, went out, started yelling at the truck driver, picked up his little boy, and his little boy said, Daddy, will you go to church with me? And his little boy died. Blood ran out his ears, blood all over his face. In his arms. That he was broken. So broken. He realized if he had spent time with his son, that he wouldn't be in that predicament. But he was too busy for his very young boy. They had the funeral, the daddy was there. He heard the preaching. He heard the preacher telling about Jesus, telling about heaven, where that little boy was, and how we all can go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And the daddy, he... He said, I don't want to really hear that right now. Where was God when my little boy? I'll tell you where God was when his little boy got hit by a truck. God sent his son to die on a cross to take our sins upon himself and die in our place that we might be saved. He saw him buried, but on the first day of the week, he raised him again. The next Sunday, they had church. The daddy was there for Sunday school. The adult teacher came and said, would you come to my class? He said, no. The married teacher, married, the married class teacher said, would you come to my class? No, I would go to class where my boy was. They went downstairs where they had the little wee chairs. And he sat down in those little wee chairs. And the teacher was uncomfortable. It was awkward. All the students were around. He just sat there and cried and wept. And he said, this is what my boy's been learning. He's been learning about God tearing down the Jericho wall. He's been learning about David slinging a stone and defeating a giant. He's been learning about the Hebrew, three Hebrew children and the burning fiery furnace and God, Jesus, coming by. He's been learning about Daniel in the lion's den. He said, I didn't know none of those things. He left the Sunday school class when it was over and he went upstairs and the preacher told about Jesus. And that day that man got gloriously born again. You see, he said, son, daddy was too busy for you, but Jesus is never too busy for us. And Jesus has took upon me himself and saved me that I might spend eternity with Jesus and eternity with you in heaven, son. May I just say this morning, there is then the privilege of the good part. What is it? Mary had chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. What is the good part? It's spending time at Jesus' feet listening to his word. It can't be lost. No power on earth can touch it or harm it. Disease cannot waste it. Fire cannot consume it. Force cannot crush it. Fraud cannot steal it. Time cannot outlast it. Death cannot destroy it. The grave cannot hold it. 
we must and decide today to choose the good part. Mary found the place at Jesus' feet, which was a source of strength, a comfort, a place of peace to her life, that when storms come, she realized she has as a refuge the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll find love there. You'll find joy there. You'll find peace, contentment, and satisfaction there. You'll find mercy. You'll find grace. You'll find forgiveness at Jesus' feet. It's not in cooking the green beans, and it's not in vacuuming the floor. It's spending time at Jesus' feet. Poor illustration comes to mind. There was a man, two men. They were out chopping wood. One man set a steady pace. He chopped wood all day long. Chopped just as hard as he could. But at the end of the day, the second man had chopped twice as much as him. He said, how on earth? Man, I am exhausted. How did you do that? He said, I noticed that you had sat down and rest. He said, here's what I did. He said, I would chop wood for about an hour. I would take five minutes and sit down and rest. And while I did, I would sharpen my axe. Then I'd go out and chop wood again. That's how I was able to chop twice as much. I spent time sitting sharpening the axe. Will y'all look at me for a second? Babe, some of you, you're good Christian people. You love coming to the house of God. You're teaching Sunday school classes. You're taking care of adults. You're taking care of kids. You do so much. I mean, you, 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 you bless the Gideons to pieces. I mean, you encourage me all the time. But may I just make a suggestion? May, may Jesus give you a prescription this morning? You've got a dull axe. You just chopping and chopping and making noise and beating and you're working hard. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how hard you work. If you're not spending time at Jesus' feet, you're not going to be as effective as you, as you would be if you did sit at his feet. So may, may I make this suggestion to you? That before you serve him, take time to get at his feet and worship him. Hear what he has to say, and he'll make your work more than productive, more than satisfactory. The thing is, we today, you have to humble yourself to get at Jesus' feet. You have to say, Lord, I want to take time to get at your feet. Mary had chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. In Dalton, Georgia, there's a man. He owns this great big company down there. They had revival at his church. On Friday night, he asked the preacher if the preacher would come home with the wealthy man and the wealthy man's wife and said, we want to give you some coffee and some pie and just talk about some things and have prayer with us. He said, I came into this beautiful, elaborate, expensive home. He said, I sat there and we were having coffee and, 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 and communicating and eating the delicious pie. And they began to pour their hearts out and weep and cry and said, Preacher, we have a secret. It just broke our heart. And we want to share it with you. You might pray for us about it. And he said, what on earth? You seem like the happiest people around. What could be heavy on your heart? What could be burdening you? 
And they got up from the table and they said, follow us. They said, we went down this wide hallway and threw open these double doors into this elaborate bedroom. And there was this great big bed, but it was not a bed like adults would use. It was like a crib type of a bed. He, the preacher said, when I leaned over, he said, I saw a baby, but it had whiskers like a man. And I said, what? They said, it's our son. He's 40 years old. He's got a rare disease, and he will not grow. He's aging with whiskers like anybody else, but his body will not mature beyond this size. And the preacher said, I just fell and began to weep and cry. And that's what he told me. He said, God showed him that there's many a Christian. You've been saved 40 years. You're supposed to be growing. You were born again. God gave you a new birth. You ought to be walking with God. But here lately, you've started to act like a baby again. You're a man with full-grown whiskers and beard. And you're critical. And you're commanded. And you're covered about. And your growth is even lower than what a dwarf would be. God said today, I want to bring correction to your life. Will you take the Lord's prescription? Just this week said, I had to go see the doctor. And the doctor said, I'm going to give you a prescription. Now I had a choice. I could say, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm sicker than a dog. I can't stand up, but they're crazy. Or I could take the prescription, get it filled, take the medicine, and it's helped me. Jesus has a prescription for you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all you do. I'm glad you want to do something for Jesus. But the best thing you'll ever do is take the time this morning to say, Lord, starting this day in March, I'm going to spend time at Jesus' feet listening, listening to what you have for me. Speak to me today, Lord, I pray. If you're here and you're not saved, this is your day to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been cumbered down by sin. It's time to be saved. Would you stand to your feet? Hey, folks, you need to come to the altar today. Seth, would you come play? Preacher Darren, I'm so busy. I've got so many pressures. I've got so many burdens. I'm so worried, Preacher Darren. Bless y'all. Praise the Lord. Father, this morning, as we bow in your presence, I thank you for noticing our plight and our predicament. We're talking to a people today that sat at Jesus' feet, but for some reason, they left that place of listening and they've gotten off into a place of service and thank you for these servants of God. But their service, their work has become so distracting and so busy and complicated and difficulty 
that they're not taking the time necessary at Jesus' feet. They're skipping that part. They're leaving that part out. It's like the one thing is needful has become needless in their life. And many things have become needful. God, today, help us to see the passion, the desire. Martha welcomed Jesus, but Mary wanted Jesus. Help us, God, to see that Martha became distracted, but Mary had delight in the Lord Jesus. Father, I'm asking you today, would you help us this morning, God, just to spend time at Jesus' feet, and would you bless us there before we go off into service, before we go about our busy days, before we do anything, even on the Lord's day, help us, God, to spend time at Jesus' feet feet. We're sorry for being weighed down and cumbered about. We're sorry for our critical spirit. We confess to you our commanding demanding spirit. God rid us of that and help us Lord not to see our preacher, not to see people around us but help us Lord to spend time at Jesus feet and look at Jesus. Help us to see Jesus. Lord we're asking your help In Jesus' name, amen and amen.